0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. President Biden signed an executive order on climate. You had John Kerry, the former secretary of state, who's his envoy. On Climate and Gene McCarthy, both discussing the changes that are necessary in order to save the country. And he came through with some of the same lines that he has issued before. Like, we're not going to ban fracking, even though he has said repeatedly that we're going to frack. And I want to get into what he said today, but I would be remiss if I didn't share something that he said just the other day. Actually, it was, well, just yesterday when I played it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. We were sharing it live when Joe Biden was talking, and I addressed it, but throughout last night, it really started gnawing at me that it required another go-around. And when you hear it again, you, you really do, when you take the time to absorb it, you recognize that one of our conversations has been proven true that we are not having a conversation of, do we want an America like this or an America like that? We're having a conversation of, do we want an America or not? Because I put forth to you that when you listen to Joe Biden, his understanding of America is one that is not only wrong, non-American, but dangerous. Now, it is acceptable for someone to have a different point of view than me. I would consider that to be acceptable and rational. But it is very, very much something else. When we see people push for an idea that says you are bigoted for your existence, that says you should be subjected to training, or shall we call it, the reprogramming. I mean, call it what it is. People have been discussing this and it is sick and twisted and diseased. This very idea that, you know, was it Katie Couric? We need to reprogram Republicans. Dear Lord, when you've got Meghan McCain talking smack your way, don't you realize you made a mistake? Would be happening. that The Democrats would be wanting Republicans to come together with them to go forward. And instead, we're hearing a lot of language from people like Katie Couric. That Republicans like me need to be, quote, deprogrammed, that we're brainwashed, that 74 million Americans are basically irredeemable people that, that we don't need to communicate towards and we don't need to in any way have anything to do with. And I think it's horribly dangerous for the country. And I also think it's horribly dangerous for Democrats, if you don't care about unity, you should care about the politics of this because right
1: now there is a vacuum to pick up the uh, four people, the four and ten Republicans who feel very disenfranchised. And if a President Biden and Democrats want to have a big tent party and include some of these people, great. And if we're all just deplorable and need to be deprogrammed, as Katie Couric said, then honestly, they can go to hell because I don't need to be deprogrammed. I just have a different perspective on how the government should okay. be run.
0: You understand Meghan McCain hates Donald Trump, right? You understand that she loves Joe Biden, right? Both those things are true. But she's right. I mean, how do you create a unity with people who think you need to be deprogrammed? And then the follow-up is, how is it possible that they view in America, see in America, that you see? How is that possible? And you come to the horrific realization that it is not possible. So let's go to some of the things Joe Biden said.
1: To put out best practices for combating xenophobia in our national response to COVID. Look, in the weeks ahead, I'll be uh, reaffirming the federal government's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility, building on the work we started in the Obama-Biden administration. That's why, I'm rescinded the previous administration's harmful ban on diversity and sensitivity training and abolish the offensive counterfactual 1776 commission. Let's take Unity a moment, shall we? The counterfactual
0: 1776 commission? The 1776 commission, uh, which had a, a cross-section of of lawyers and historians and scholars, Victor Davis Hanson uh, amongst them was about understanding the founding of the nation and it exists to counter the lie that is the 1619 Project. This will not be one of these situations where we can see it two different ways. The 1619 Project is a lie and the people who promote it are liars, whether they be universities or whether they be private schools or whether they be public schools or whether they be businesses or whether they be in social media. The 1619 Project is a lie It creates the idea that the United States was really, really cemented in 1619 before it was even the United States because that's when the first slaves were brought to the New World and that's what we're all about. None of that is true. Historians like Gordon Wood have put this to rest. There's an entire... bit of literature out there I believe by Peter Wood I don't think there's a relation Uh, and it is called the 1620 Project we're actually going to do that interview and break this down further the 1619 Project was a lie and yet because it came from the New York Times which is a despicable organization not based in news as we have learned from the 1619 Project as we have learned from their complete failure of the podcast called Caliphate where they were claiming to be doing interviews with people in ISIS, and it was bogus. NPR, public radio stations, I should say, across the country have dropped New York Times podcasts because they cannot be trusted. The New York Times is not a news organization. They can be, but as Barry Weiss explained in her resignation letter, they choose not to be. So here we are with the 1776 commission, uh, and, uh, it's about the origins of the Declaration of Independence, 1776, the Constitution, 1787, how unusual uh, they were. It discusses uh, the idea of the ideals of the American founding and the centuries long quest to live up to them. This is actually a piece from Victor Davis Hansen that I'm quoting right there. There's nothing counterfactual about the 1776 commission it does however run contrary to an ideology that believes that america is downright evil if you believe that america is evil do we believe in two different americas or do we believe in america and not that brings us to something
1: else that joe biden said it's not white americans fault but just a fact and the americans now know it, especially younger americans One of the reasons I'm so optimistic about this nation is that today's generation of young Americans is the most progressive, thoughtful, inclusive generation that America has ever seen. And they are pulling us toward justice in so many ways, forcing us to confront the huge gap in economic, excuse me, economic inequity between those at the top and everyone else forcing us to confront the existential crisis of climate and, yes, forcing us to confront systemic racism and white supremacy. It's just been weeks since all of America witnessed a group of thugs, insurrectionists, a political extremist and white supremacists violently attack the capital of our democracy. And so now, now is the time to act. It's time to act because that's what the faith and morality call us to do. Across nearly every faith, the same principles hold. We're all God's children. We should treat each other as we would like to be treated ourselves. And this is time to act, and this time to act because it's what the core values of this nation call us to do. And I believe the vast majority of Americans, Democrats, Republicans, and independents share these values and want us to act as well. We've never fully lived up to the founding principles of this nation, to state the obvious. We've never fully lived up to the founding principles
0: of this nation to state the obvious. Speak for yourself. We the people in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this constitution of the United States of America. By the way, I didn't even need a prompt. I just know it. But if you need to read it, that's okay. Make sure to get a copy uh, uh, of the Constitution uh, on your phone or, or, or get a copy of the Constitution mailed to you. We've never lived up to the founding principles of the nation is a very dastardly and ugly thing to say. And a fundamentally untrue thing to say. Because we lived up to the founding principles of this nation when we said, let's get started. We lived up to the founding principles of this nation when we said, men should be free. And even if we don't have it right, we're going to create the system that gets us there. We stood up for the founding principles of this nation when brother fought brother and brother killed brother in the Civil War. And whole towns all across the Midwest were wiped clean. Every man and every boy went to war and none of them returned. We stood up for the founding principles of this nation when we were attacked. At Pearl Harbor and destroyed the greatest threat to humanity we had ever known at the time. And we stood up for the founding principles of this nation in suffrage. And we stood up for the founding principles of this nation in just being good to our neighbors. If you ask me if bad people exist, I'll tell you bad people exist. If you ask me to then say that means it's a bad nation, sorry, you lose, Bojcik. That is not true. But a nation that is there in order to form a more perfect union is always trying to live up to its founding principles. And it should not be denigrated. But rather, we look to the moments where we get it right and say, how can we build on this? We don't hide from our history. We take it into account. We don't say we are failures because we are not failures. Because look at where we are. And then ask yourself, why do so many people want to say, let's ruin it? Let's not take a look at where we are and how we can grow from here. Let's take a look at where we are and destroy anybody who we decide is responsible even when they're clearly not responsible maybe you missed how joe biden started this whole conversation it's not white americans fault but just a fact i happen to be white i don't think any of this is my fault wait stop i know none of this is my fault The idea that we've never fully lived up to the founding principles of this nation is simply untrue. And for the President of the United States to say that is to have no faith in what the founding principles of this nation are and who we are and what a better nation it is. Because it was designed to get better day by day and week by week and month by month. Something that is aspiring, inspiring, and something that we continue to aspire to. Or we can go the Joe Biden route. We're all evil and terrible and hateful. Joe Biden's head is just (coughs) stunning in its failure. And certainly not the words you want to hear from a president of the United States. I'm Tony Katz i have no idea why we just can't get the information on what's going on with the vaccines it's a simple question how much vaccine do we have why can't the white house just tell us you would think that's an easy thing to do you would think that that's like a a normal thing to do they they cannot do it at all washington not the washington post the new york post with the reporting white house still can't say where covid-19 vaccine supply stands now there is a a thought going on so when we talk about the vaccine right now i i think I think the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is different. That's a one-shot vaccine. But Pfizer, we know for sure, is a two-shot vaccine. It's two shots a week or a couple weeks apart, and that's it. So if you've gotten doses, let's say you got 10 million doses of the vaccine and you're a state, you wouldn't give out all 10 million doses. You would give out 5 million doses. So you would have the ability to give out 5 million more doses. Are the two shots being identical? I don't have the answer to the question whether or not they're identical, but go go with me on for the sake of the conversation because this is how it was presented to me. Well, if some states held back to ensure they would have enough doses for a second go round, and some states did not, are we now going to see that some states demand that the, uh, that the vaccine be reapportioned to help their shortfalls because they didn't follow the rules to begin with? It's a very, very interesting question. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. But when Jen Psaki has asked these questions the White House press secretary... She doesn't have the answer for the amount of coronavirus vaccine that the U.S. has in reserve. They've also admitted they didn't know how many shots were on hand. They don't know what they've got. Now, I'm convinced that all of this is a way for them to figure out how they can blame it on the Trump administration. But the point is, what's the point of blaming anything on the Trump administration? The vaccine was getting out to people. It took a while to ramp up. There are things to learn in this process of maybe how we could do it better next time. Let's hope and pray there isn't a next time. It is gross enough that we've taken a virus and decided, hey, let's make it highly and wholly political. But you, you, you can't give people an answer as to how much vaccine there is. You wanted to do this, you know, we're going to do 100 million vaccines in, in in 100 days. Well, that's a million people a day. Well, the Trump administration is already doing that. Well, then we'll do a million and a half. You'll do a million and a half? Well, we're just making up numbers now? Is that what we're doing? We're just making up the numbers and, and, and seeing what sticks? Because that very much seems like what's going on. And it seems that when Biden says one thing, Saki says another. Does that answer your question? Well, my question was what date or roughly when do you think anyone who wants one would be able to get it? Is it summer?
1: Is it fall? Oh, I know. I, I I think it'll be this spring. I think we'll be able to do that this spring. And uh, but it's going to be a logistical uh, challenge that exceeds anything we've ever tried. In this country, but I think we can do that. And what the president's goal is is ensuring to, that there's greater availability in the spring. Um, and but the fact is, every American is not going to be eligible this spring.
0: So, President Biden said it'll be this spring, and now the press secretary is saying not this spring. And then they can't answer. Well, what they have on, on, in stock? It's it. They said they were the competent ones. I'm just noticing. my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right on time. It's it's so Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right on time. is tricky. It's tricky, tricky, tricky. tricky. Interest it's rates tricky. will remain unchanged. The most unshocking thing we have heard all day. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. 833 Got Tony. Give a call. 833-468- 8669, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, Chairman Jerome Powell uh, saying that everything is going to remain exactly where it is. The not changing the the interest rate going to make people very happy. We're talking about near zeros, right? On on the percent, you're getting money at an unbelievably cheap rate. Now, the market, you know, Close is is gonna be you know whatever whatever the close is I mean but it has ha- had moments of being down near six hundred today and all of this while, while still going on this insanity with GameStop and now AMC and and others and the whole the GameStop story is just so stunning to me because it's kind of fascinating that a couple of guys on Reddit have been able to beat the institutions at their at at a game institutional uh investors saw GameStop which sells you know video games and accessories and they said this is a stock to short right so they think the price is going to go down and they're going to they're going to you know they're going to make that spread they're going to say here's the price now we think it's going to go to this price uh, lower and that's our bet the individual investors said nah it's going to go up and we're going to prove it And so they started buying the stock and pushing the stock price up. Well, the stock price was going up so much that the people who had the short positions, these big institutions, said my gosh, we now have to buy stock in order to cover our short position, otherwise we're gonna lose huge. And that set the stock price up even more. So GameStop was like, six months ago was at $4, a month ago was at $19 and 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 it's been at over 300 it's crazy well then you saw that people were trying to do the same exact thing with other stocks like nokia yeah remember the people used to make phones right if you're gen x if you remember if you're a millennial you have absolutely no idea so you're starting to see that position where there are other stocks kind of where this is happening and there are investors on on reddit right who are like let's just keep this going and they're trying to take the institutions to town and then they're starting to do interviews with people who have been in this position before cuz this is not new this has happened uh before and 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 one of them they do this interview with this guy by the name of Brendan Kennedy who is the CEO of Tilray which is a they they produce weed <laughs> yeah they 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 are in um The, uh, the, the, the weed business, and they're like, remember here, I said weed. Here, let me, let me help.
1: One two three four five six seven eight. A bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh, everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only help you'll ever need because everything is better with a bag of
0: weed. There you go, you're all getting it now. Thank you, Stewie. He's trying to remind these companies that your company is not your stock and your stock is not your company. Which I think is actually interesting advice. The madness that may be going on in in the world has nothing to do with whether or not you've got a product that people are buying, that you're producing well, producing at a right cost, etc. You still have a company to run. The insanity of what happens in the market is just the insanity of what happens in the market. But some people are making crazy money off of it, and some people not. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci is not worried if he's making crazy money off of it because it turns out Dr. Anthony Fauci is making $417,000 a year. That's that that's pretty good money. I, I'm curious as to why a government guy is making $417,000 a year. Well, Tony, he's a he's a doctor. No, no, no. He's a government doctor. Couldn't we get as good data for 266,000 a year? Can't can't I save America some money? And what I hear from the government is that we need to be paying people $15 an hour. There you go, Dr. Fauci, $15 an hour. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. He makes more money than the president of the United States. The salary for the president is four hundred thousand dollars. Oh, he doesn't get Air Force One, so therefore you gotta make you gotta throw him a little something, you know, for the effort. Stop it. It's it's it, this is not about Fauci. This is about the idea of whether or not we should be paying any government employee that much money. Still a government employee. If you want to make bucks, go work in the private sector, which, by the way, would probably pay you more than $417,000 a year. I mean, this is more job security. I mean, how much is is, is for sure? It's a huge amount of money. I'm sorry. I And, and I, I brought this up earlier, and producer Ari was like, why does it bother you? Something about it rubs me the wrong way. Would I feel differently if I didn't think that Anthony Fauci was such an attention seeker? The answer is I doubt it. I'd still be bothered that a government employee is making $417,000. Right? I don't look at him and say he's worth every penny. I, I don't feel that way about him. And I want to say for the record, I'm not... It's it's not that I'm mad at him. I don't want to say that I'm mad at him. He has just been a real giant failure. Because every time he sees a camera, he feels he has to open his mouth. And every time he opens his mouth, he says something that contradicts the thing that he said before. Now, this is different then someone like Jake Tapper, who every time he opens his mouth, he's just a, the nastiest you-know-what. S- situations in which you could in- clearly envision something like this happening again. You know, it's just so strange because, look, I mean, I, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I don't have an opinion on, on this, but I, I, a lot of people who are voting to not have any consequences for Donald Trump um, are, are doing so not because of constitutionality, but because they don't want... To hold Donald Trump to any sort of standard. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, they, and, they never, and they never have. Um, some of these are the same people who will like. That's Jake Tapper saying that when it comes to impeachment, which was voted on in, in, in the Senate in terms of having the trial, people citing constitutional objections, they don't really mean it. See, Jake Tapper's not a constitutional expert, but he's going to give a comment anyway. Do I think that people who are journalists have opinions? Well, of course I do. But when they voice their opinion, for what reason do I have to treat them like journalists? What respect does Jake Tapper really deserve? When he goes down this road, when he goes down a road of wanting likes and clicks and follows when he goes down a road of wanting to be woke as opposed to engaging in facts and data. Saying that they don't really mean it, saying that it doesn't really matter, that's just, why are we paying you for that? When asked if I am a journalist, I will tell you no, I'm not a journalist. Born in Brooklyn, grew up in Jersey, Spent some time in Tampa, Florida. Moved to Los Angeles. Spent six years there. Lost everything I owned. Lost it all. uh, Started a tech company with with a friend, dearest friend in the world. Great idea, just the wrong time when the bailouts came. And the investors went away. I lost my house. Lost everything. Started the tea party in in California and in Los Angeles with a couple of people. Then a year later, got myself into radio any way I could. And after six years in Los Angeles, moved to Indianapolis, where I live now, seven years, with a morning show and this show and another radio show that I review cigars and, 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 and bourbon. Right? In all of that time, I have never said I'm a journalist. I do commentary. I, I engage uh, political and cultural thought. Right? That's, that's what I do. Like, like if I had, if I could, could live out the dream, my dream is late night talk show show. because well, well, wait, being a game show host is just the best gig in the world. Like if I could be a game show host, like, like the match game PM, you know, game show host, you know, it's so gross that Alec Baldwin gets to do that. So gross. Like I'm not the guy for jeopardy, but for match game, I'm there. But to be a late night talk show host, not in this Seth Meyers, Jimmy Kimmel garbage kinda way, but in a way where you can actually have good conversation and over a cigar and a drink and the everything else, you know, kinda like a a Playboy after dark feel. That's what I'm after, like that's the dream. Cause that's what I like, I like smart people saying smart things and I get to ask them questions. That's the fun. That, to me, is that's very much how I treat uh, this show. We want to talk to smart people. We want to engage in smart conversations with each other. That's why we put the phone number out there. That's why we're always following what's going on on social media for those who are still on Twitter at Tony Katz. And soon, when there are more competitors, we'll be on there as well. But I don't call myself a journalist because that's wrong. Journalists deserve a level of respect for what it is they do. I've broken news stories before, but it doesn't make me a journalist. And if people want the respect of being a journalist, well, then they can't get into the commentary game. Jake Tapper has crossed the line, and I don't think there's going back. Jake Tapper can't be trusted. He has is, he is eyes filled with hate, man. That is what he is. There are constitutional objections to a a trial for a president who's no longer president when he's been impeached. If he can't accept that, that's none of our business, I guess. But no one should accept him as just a journalist. He's proven that's not what he wants to be. I'm Tony Katz. So, Trump administration people who are part of Operation Warp Speed are pushing back on Joe Biden and this idea that they had to start from scratch with coronavirus vaccine, with, uh, with, you know, a distribution plan. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Great to be with you. Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Right, It was the Biden team. It was first a CNN report that said they had to start uh, essentially from scratch, and then NBC jumped in on it, and then, of course, Nancy Pelosi said they're starting from scratch, and the people who put together Operation Warp Speed are like, absolutely, positively not. This is untrue. So when Cedric Richmond told CNN, the sad part is the last administration didn't leave anything. They didn't leave a plan. It's just not factual. When Ron Klain, the chief of staff, said did not exist, the plan didn't exist when we came into the White House, that's not true. We provided the Biden team over 300 transition meetings, including the very first one on Warp Speed, which I kicked off myself. That's from Brian Harrison, former Health and Human Services Chief of Staff. That was his quote to National Review. The idea that they're walking in having no clue what was going on is absolutely preposterous. That's right. Ron Klain lies. Shocking, I know. Shocking, I know. This is the guy who ran uh, Ebola response, right? And when we have a virus in the United States, what does he do? He doesn't say, hey, how do I volunteer? How can I help? I've been through this before. He says, hey, how can we use this to our political advantage, Joe Biden? That's the kind of guy you want as chief of staff. That's the guy you want with power. (laughs) Meanwhile, CDC officials are saying schools can reopen. Take precautions, but schools can reopen. Yet, Fairfax, Virginia, their teachers, a union, opposes reopening schools in person full time next fall, even if the teachers are fully vaccinated. In Chicago, they said, No, we're not going back. We don't care what you say there, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, we're not going back. What is with this? What is with this insanity if teachers can't teach? The garbage man does their job. They, they still stock the shelves at my local supermarket. Why can't the teacher teach? I didn't say the teacher has to walk into school and lick every doorknob. Wear a mask. You know what? You can even do a full-on Fauci and wear two masks. Uh, wear three if you want. It'll stop coronavirus. It'll stop oxygen. It stops everything. Yeah, the whole idea of wearing multiple masks, that's just... And the best is it was positioned as, well, it only makes sense. You're right, it only makes sense. And if we don't drive our cars after 5 p.m., we will stop car accidents by almost 100%. If you don't breathe, you can't get the corona. If you don't breathe, you can't get the corona is so true, producer Ari. If we all stay at home and await further instructions, we will put an end to robberies and assaults of all types. The whole live in fear world is so not my world, guys. It doesn't make any sense. Living smart, being safe, having data, all make perfect sense. Living in fear, got to be one of the more ignorant positions that we see out there in the world and growing. So when Dr. Fauci's like, well, it only makes sense that if you wear two masks, it'll be more protective. It's an unserious position from what I describe as an unserious man. Not that he doesn't know medicine and not that he doesn't know science. It's that he should not be around public policy. Speaking of those who should not be around public policy, it's very clear that teachers' unions are not serious. Going back to school, what we have done in keeping kids from school, we cannot measure the damage, and it is damage. And it's not true everywhere. As I have said before on this show, I think my kids are doing incredibly well. I'm very happy with what's happening. But they're going back at least some kind of hybrid basis, right? This isn't happening everywhere. But the kids staying at home is happening in too many places. And the lack of education and being able to keep up is through the roof. And the teachers' unions in too many of these places act like... Well, we don't care what the data says. We know what's best for our teachers. Well, what's best for the student? Ah, that's right. Student doesn't count. No, it's not because what you say. You've shown me what you believe. We see you. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.